0: Comment and share. Hey, good day everyone, it's CJ with Rogue News, and I'm very excited today to be delivering a follow-up interview with the man, Adam Kokesh. So, everyone probably remembers Adam's <laughs> interview from a while back, but we're live. We're live, and we're at Freedom Fest 2018, and Adam's here and has an amazing booth set up that he's really pushing forward for his uh, Adam Kokesh for non President, not for president. <laughs> I was get that part messed up, Adam. So, so Adam running not
1: to be president, but basically, folks. So, I already won. I'm already not president. In case you hadn't noticed. That's right. No, uh, well, I, it, it is true, and I have to say this every time. It is true that technically I am running for president of the United States, but it is much more accurate to say that I'm running for not president of the United States. And I, I, I really cringe every time someone you know introduces me as a presidential candidate because I think you have to be some kind of psychopath. To say, I want to be president of the United States And I want to be in charge of this giant violent monopoly And force my will on the entire country So, the platform that I'm running on Is the peaceful, orderly, responsible disillusion of the federal government So the very first thing I do is resign And I'm really the only one who's running for president Who can say that, you know, like Because I'm I'm not going to put the ring of power on I'm going to throw it into the fire I'm not running to be president I'm running against the presidency We are running to turn the campaign, to turn the the, uh, federal election for president of the United States into a referendum on whether or not the federal government should be allowed to exist at all. Having Adam Kokesh as your president is not going to be one of the choices. (laughs) You can have a Republican schmuck or a Democrat schmuck or you can have this exact plan and you're going to see it laid out in advance, the executive order, the one thing I'm going to do as president is just sign off on whatever... There might be two pieces of paper, because I might have to do the pardons first, because we're going to pardon everybody who's in federal prison for victimless crimes. Like, that's... Justice has to... Boom. You know, right away, like, end the the, the illegal detention of of people who are innocent. Uh, But then, you know, it's, it's one executive order, and it's done. Federal government, no authority, and I resign... To be custodian of the federal government, essentially the bankruptcy agents. Absolutely, and there's an awakening happening. I mean, obviously, we're here for a reason—that's freedom and
0: liberty. So, Adam, why don't you start just the basic principles of what that means to you, freedom and liberty?
1: Well, if, if I was, if I wanted to learn about freedom, I would, <laughs> I would grab a copy of my book, which incidentally is called
0: Freedom. Oh, wow! And I it would that. tell
1: you that. Freedom is what you have when no one is forcing their will upon you in any way. And so really that's, that's what it comes down to, is that because you own yourself as, as a free, beautiful, independent human being, it's wrong for someone to violate your self-ownership, to, to use force or violence against you or to steal your property. And huh? when you go, wait, wait a second, I thought we were talking about freedom, why are we talking about ethics? Well, ethics is the standard of freedom. And you, you realize that the message of freedom is not a political message politics is who do we point the guns of government at to organize society and the ethical message is nobody uh, you don't uh and and so uh getting getting people to that you know thinking differently about this is is you know really critical to to having real freedom and when you realize that freedom is based on an ethical standard well why do we have ethics because out of respect right we want to respect each other and, and, and ultimately that comes down to love. Like, it Really, yeah. the, the message of freedom is a message of love among human beings, that we want to express our natural state of, of connectedness to each other, that we want to be lovers, that that's our, our highest form. I mean, we can be warriors and we can be healers and we can be builders, but really, ultimately, it has to be motivated by, by love for, for even ourselves, but also for our fellow human beings, for wanting to see the world be a a good place for people to live yeah and and ultimately yeah so what's freedom freedom is love there there, there, there's your answer but no technically it's what you have when no one is forcing their will on you bingo bingo and your name came up earlier we were in a
0: in a debate uh jeff berwick and mark uh the founder of of the the, uh, yeah Yeah. yeah. so long story short you know this was the libertarian non you know the Hey, uh, the the uh, Jeff arguing that that hey why voting should why you shouldn't vote. And interesting, you know, in this situation, we do want people to vote in terms of uh, something different. You know, something to, somebody going and actually enforcing change of getting rid of the federal government. Well,
1: I don't buy this non-voting thing. Now, I, just to be clear, you don't have a duty to vote. You don't have an obligation to vote. I I'm not never going to tell you that there's, there's some imperative here. But what, for, for someone to say like you shouldn't vote for principled reasons, I still can understand that most of the time it's a waste of time. But some people make the case that voting legitimizes government. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. No matter how many boxes you check on a piece of paper, you cannot make a crime not a crime. You cannot turn something that is into something that isn't. Government is a racket. It is illegitimate. No amount of voting could possibly legitimize government. That's that's just an absurd idea. If you think that voting legitimizes government, what you're saying is that government can be legitimate. And if, if that's the case that you're t- that's the, really the premise of the argument you're making, I'm sorry, you're you're not an ethical person. You're not you're not arguing from a point of ethics, and I uh-huh. probably shouldn't even be talking to you, but. <laughs> Uh, the the other thing is that people will make the case that voting is violence and it's and I hear some libertarians make this case and it really I, I think they're plants I think I think the people who are trying to say that voting is violence are, are trying to throw now I, I don't know some of them are some of them are right there's some people who genuinely believe this but if you're trying to put forth an ethical philosophy that, that libertarianism is you have to be very deliberate about how you ascribe responsibility for something. So the problem with voting is not you walk into a booth and you check a preference and you press a button or whatever. The problem with voting is that there's somewhere there's a government holding an election and then forcing the results on people. That's the problem. That's the unethical part of the election, not the voting part. Because right. voting is just an expression of preference. And if your expression is, yeah, beat us less, Steal from us less, hurt people less. There's nothing wrong with going and expressing that preference. Right, right. Most of the time it's a waste of time. But it's also, I think, how we are gonna come out of this mess of statism because we've come to this point in human history where governments have to have a certain amount of public support to be to be legitimate, to be accepted, sure. to convince the, the enforcement class of cops and soldiers to go do violence against peaceful people. They have to have a certain. The governments have to convince them that enough of the people to support what their policy yeah. is, and that's that's just, that's going away. Well,
0: yeah, and I think uh, in part I think so many people have, have just been disconnected because voting. What, what has happened? If you think of the course of the years that people have been voting, what's been the result? Endless
1: debt, endless
0: wars. Has there really yielded any well,
1: change? Well, hold on. To... I would see. So I want to step back if you don't mind for a second. Yeah. A lot of libertarians, well, I'll ask people, is big government always worse than small government? It's a trick question, obviously, right? Right. Because libertarians are like, yeah, big government's always worse. Would you rather have a government that's huge, let's say it's like half the population, but it doesn't do much violence, just enough force to, to maintain its monopoly on some services, and when it provides those services... It does its best to approximate what the market would provide, and it, it's not that bad, it's not that destructive, right? Or would you rather have a government that's tiny? It's like one percent of the population, but it murders every firstborn child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? And the point is, is that the evil of government is measured not by its size, but how much it coercively takes us off our natural state of harmony. Okay. So in, in that when you understand that, that way of looking at government, People have voted more. Government has gotten bigger, but I would make the case that it's also gotten less violent and less coercive and less relevant in our lives because people are so productive and advanced past that. And even if that's not true, even if you because that's kind of subjective, you don't agree sure. with that analysis. The course of human progress is to get less violence, violent over time. And right now, most of the violence done in the world is done in the name of government, and even that is getting less over time. And I would put forth the theory that. Democracy, as invalid as it is, mm-hmm. still serves as an imperfect leash on government. And that leash, we pull, we got a jerk on the choke chain, you know, and we had to, if we could choke it to death, we would, but, you know, you got to pull that leash and bring government more in line with the will of the people. And I look at marijuana legalization. I mean, here, where we are at Freedom Fest with announcements, you know, here, here in Nevada, you know, I mean, I, I got, I'm at a convention, I got, I got my little chilling with weed on the table, and uh-huh. I'm not like, I don't, I don't, have, I don't have to worry about, I don't have to think about, you know, being violently assaulted, or, or even being asked to leave the casino because because I have marijuana. Like that's, and that happened, not because government said, oh, let's be nice to people now. No, it's, it came because people said, well, no, we're gonna have a referendum, state by state. You know, we're gonna have referendums, and, and we're gonna vote for this to be legal. And if government says, screw you, we're gonna lock you up anyway. We're gonna say, well, screw you. You're not a credible institution anymore. We, you know, so in order to maintain its credibility, government had to go, okay, okay, we'll let you smoke pot. Right. Right. And I think even if if there's no major paradigm shift, if there's no major sea change in how people think, just slowly, by slowly, with with politics, we are dragging government in line with the will of the people. And most most elections are still a waste of time. If there's not something worthwhile on the right. ballot, don't show up. But hey, why not, if there's Libertarians, at least go vote Libertarian, build the cause, build the party, because eventually that's going to be a major mechanism of right? Change. And that's
0: important right now, in terms of your efforts and what you're doing. So why don't you share, the? Uh, give us a status update of what you're doing with the Libertarian Party, uh, where you currently are, the states. I know you just came off of a big convention in New Orleans, is that correct? Yeah, so, yeah. Why don't so, you share
1: our audience a little bit about that? As you may have noticed, it's a little early to be running for president, right? <laughs> it's uh, you know, we we got we actually got started January of this year officially, but this is something I've been working on. If I may, just go back, it was 2012, and the original Info Warrior Jason Burmis at, at Bilderberg uh, challenged me. He's like, "Well, what would you do if you were president?" And I was like, "What would I quit? Go home, get a real job, you know?" But uh, eventually People started asking serious questions, and I was like, "All right, well, if I'm going to defend this worldview, all right, I'll come up with serious answers." And they were all pretty easy. And there are enough people who go, "Yeah, uh, we can't be putting forth uh, a representative of the Libertarian Party or the movement who doesn't represent the philosophy." And, And what came out with this platform is what is the most principled message you can have as a Libertarian presidential candidate is. Anything else is, I'm going to put on the ring of power instead of throwing the fire. Mm-hmm. It's the most pragmatic because you're not going to be able to get people on the same page of exactly what the federal government should be. We're going to, where the government's over here. It's too much. We're going to dial it back to the Constitution. To, not to here, not to here, but right to here. You know, you're, you, to argue people to get on the same page with that is impractical. But to say, hey, we're going to localize government yep. is, is much more practical. Yeah, absolutely. And that it's unifying. And then it it doesn't just make the splinter groups within the party irrelevant within the movement, but it's uniting left, right, and center around the common enemy of big central government. So to answer your question, we just came from the national convention in New Orleans, and we had twice as many delegates as we did at the 2014 national convention, which was the last year that we didn't have a presidential nomination. Mm -hmm. And you know this, this campaign is just giving people a reason to be involved with the party again it's a lot of people uh, it's about it's, 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 it's about half people who are totally new but uh, surprisingly about half of the people who I've gotten more active in the party especially to be delegates to support yeah. this campaign um, are people who have been involved in the party for a while right. and they're just they're coming back they're like alright now, now I got a reason to get past right. the infighting and the bullshit and and uh if if anything struck me more than than anything else at the New Orleans convention it was how people were really coming
0: together Uh well you've been you've been working very hard the past couple years I've been monitoring you did the bus tour I believe a couple maybe a year ago maybe less than that and then now the convention and you're really you know trying to unify trying to get that common voice and in particular with some of the youth vote the youth that have been so disconnected of what politics is today and being able to resonate with them, I think is going to be very impactful as you go about this campaign. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so what? What are the next steps? So, obviously, we're here at the uh, Freedom Fest. Yeah, a great booth. I've seen people coming up, and they're really supporting you. They're making comments. That you know, there's a huge awakening happening right now, and for us to take an opportunity of that, uh, you could be that disruptor. Is, is that is that a fair statement at all, or what?
1: Well, I th- this isn't really about disrupting. I mean, anything except the duopoly, right? You know, we want uh, we want, a, a, like I said, a, a peaceful, orderly transition. We don't want a, a revolution so much as an evolution. And what I see happening here is that we get the nomination in twenty twenty, and we're going to get hit with everything they've got. All right. All right. It's going to be ugly. They're yeah. going to attack me, and uh, you know, I faced the worst of it already, I'm not, I mean, it can't be worse than getting shot at, right? right. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, they're going to attack the movement, they're going to attack the message, they're going to attack me, they're going to attack everybody around me. That's okay. But realistically, if we don't hit a tipping point, if we don't hit some kind of black swan moment... Then I I think we can still have a breakout year for the Libertarian Party, and we can crack 10%. Yeah. And I think that would be a huge deal for planting the flag on the idea of localization nationally. When the American people know that they have an option, like you don't need a president. You don't need a federal government. America is too good for this government. Every time the federal government screws up between 20 and 24, I get to be the guy sitting there going, Hey, if you had voted for me... That agency wouldn't even exist right now. Right, right. And and I think if this is an idea whose time is coming, I really believe that it is. I mean I, I can't be off by more than a decade or two here, right? <laughs> you know maybe maybe we're a little ahead of things. But even then, I'm giving I'm giving us like ten years that it's you know, might be twenty-four, might be twenty-eight, if that's how long it takes. I will run until the federal government ceases to exist one way or another. Yeah, right. So this is gonna be a lot of fun. I, I really think that, that we could hit this this timeline right. that, that winning like winning, I'm, not, I'm not here to say hey I'm I'm your ticket to libertarian victory in 2020 and we're gonna you know route the old parties and it's all gonna be done no like realistically you need you do, you do need to hit some more growth for the party and for the movement and for the ideas first we don't have to win over everybody right. but we're not there but I I see 24 very realistic goal and if not you know, twenty-eight, thirty-two, whatever it takes. We're we're on the verge of this. Federal government's not going to last forever. Government as we know it is is already obsolete. Sure, it's just a matter of time. So, real quick, Adam,
0: uh, and again, I appreciate your time. Uh, what about like? What do you say? What's your what's your message? You're convinced to those next- Because You know, those are always going to exist, right? The people that are so dependent upon government. Those people that that don't ever think that things can change. What's your message to those those people, those individuals? Those are, is there not a lot of, whole lot of time to really focus? It's more focused around, hey, I'm going to win, or is there any type of messaging? How do you resonate with those those individuals? Because they're they're gonna they're gonna exist, you know that. I think
1: that's a very small minority at this point. I mean, we're living in the age of the internet, right? Like, I mean, like we wouldn't be able to do this what we're doing now, like even just 20 years ago, right? Um, I, I, I never make future predictions if I can't point to trends in the present backing them up, right? So if, if I'm making the case for localization, you know, I look around the world and I see Brexit, the Scottish independence vote, Catalonia, uh, Jefferson State, you know, the Republic of Texas, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the California even breaking off right, potentially right. to be its own, its own government. Yeah, CalExit. <laughs> Hawaii, I mean, you go all around the world, there are people who go, sorry, I just don't have any tolerance for problems that exist for lack of information anymore. Sorry, it's the age of the Internet. We're not putting up with this shit. Right. Why do we have to be part of your collective when we want to be you know, on our own, in our community here? I, that's part of what this campaign is about, is, is is like you know getting ahead of this trend and saying, look, when people are ready... We'll be here with this practical solution for this one particular nice. problem okay. called the U.S. federal government. I I don't think we have to argue with people about is humanity ready for a change. You know, those those people that that you would point out that you would have that conversation with, they're, they're a small minority, and and just. For the demo I have mean, done the, the the numerical analysis here. If you look at presidential elections in the United States, it's only sixty percent of the population that consistently votes. Forty percent consistently never votes, even mm-hmm. in presidential races. So, of the the sixty percent who are voting, this is just eligible voters. When you look at the turnout for midterms and special elections oh, yeah. and local elections, a lot of them are consistently at the range of like fifteen to twenty percent. Ridiculous, right? The, the, the number of American voters, of just of, of eligible voters who are like, go red team, go, go blue team, go, gotta vote, because my country depends on it. They're they're very small minority. And and only out of that group do you find those. And if you that's that's 30% at most. 15% Republican, 15% Democrat, you know, don't go bang your head against that wall. Find a solution that's gonna bring together the reluctant voters and the consistent principle non-voters. That's our winning coalition on this platform. Okay. It's not well. We're going to win Republicans on this issue and Democrats. Right. On, right. No, yeah. Forget forget the the people who are, you know, uh, the, their statism is so embedded, you can write them off and still win elections if you have something principle that, that that you know offers a, a real right. solution. Sure. Adam, closing thoughts, and then also share your website where people. I thought can I talked more. too much already. What's <laughs> I'm out of thoughts. <laughs> I don't know. All right, plug your website, sure. your social handles, so people. Well, the, the, I, I, the, like, oh, like I was trying to get at, you know. I guess what? this is this this is the revolution you've been waiting for, and it's not it's not that we're we're trying to make a revolution happen, because this is evolutionary, but this is the point at which the human experience is accelerating so fast that we get to be a part of, you know, the uh, the most exciting... This is the most important election of your lifetime. <laughs> uh, we can play that game, but. The, the shift that humanity is going through right now like you're gonna be looking back on this period talking to your grandkids and you're gonna get to say either uh, yeah I, I watched that happen on TV or I made that happen I was a part of that shift that got humanity to a better state of, of peace and love and harmony and, and, and because I wanted you to grow up on the other side of statism and and so that's that's the cause that I've dedicated my life to and I would hope that anybody who's listening would consider that for themselves. Please check out this book. It's free in every digital format.
0: Awesome. Including
1: I can, an audiobook. I can <laughs> it's out of focus there. We gotta get yeah, closer. Thefreedomline.com. <laughs> and uh, if you want to get involved with the presidential campaign, you can find it from the freedomline.com too. But uh, we have palm cards. Oh no, I really screwed up your focus. There. <laughs> Vote Adam. Oh hey, now it's in focus. Vote nice. Adam Kokush, get a free country, Kokushforpresident.com. for Join us. And if not, just please consider. The importance of this message and, and what it means to you, what it means to the future, and and, and what you want your role awesome. in this in this great uh, dance forward to <laughs> be. <laughs> All right, Adam Kokesh, everyone, thank you for
0: tuning in. Please like, share, and subscribe. Uh, Rogue News, uh, stay tuned. So we will chat support independent you. media. Absolutely. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your afternoon.